A pitcher of beer, an awesome pizza, 20 bucks, wings, and I mean meaty wings, not wimpy wings like some places with wings in the name, wings and fries, and a pitcher of beer for 20 bucks. Awesome deals. Best place in town to watch the championship games Sunday at the Gateway Lounge 41st and I-29. Niners and Rams, Chiefs and Bengals, two furs. How about the two furs? Morgan, Tito's, Jack and Crown. Say it with me. Morgan, Tito's, Jack and Crown. The two furs for 5 to $7 all day long. Championship Sunday, no better place to be than the Gateway Lounge. And now here's Harry Doyle. For the Indians, one run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. From the Gateway Lounge in Sioux Falls, it's nobody's listening anyway. Here are your hosts, John Gaskins and Matt Zimmer. All right, Tuesday afternoon, we have one of the greatest non-answers in the history of press conference answers, supplied by the person that Matt Zimmer asked a press conference question to today. Might be related to South Dakota State Athletics. In fact, it might be related to a major topic from last week's show. Uh, We have what we can take as Vikings observers or fans. Gosh, I've had three sips of IPA. Observers, not a tough word. Uh, And... uh, apply it to the four teams and the four games and a couple of the winners in uh, last weekend's just magnificent, awesome playoff weekend that was. But uh, we begin, Matt, uh, we're going to celebrate. There's been a lot of sadness, as there should be. We're more going to celebrate like a powwow, a mini powwow for one of the more beloved sports figures in the area. I mean, we knew he was one of the most beloved sports figures and figures in Brandon. But you and I have both learned in doing some interviews and writing our own stories. I did a TV story on Chad Garrow uh, that, uh, you know, like just he was universally beloved well beyond the Brandon borders. And uh, if you tell me if I'm going too far to say this, we're at we're at the gateway here. We had some George Jones and some George Strait and some uh, Clint Black playing. And uh, what, hold on. Turn your mic on. Sorry. The on, the on switch there. There you go. There we go. Yeah, it just kind of felt like Chad Guerra would fit in real nicely right here. Have a burger, have their burger of the month, the uh, the chicken bacon ranch Sammy. Chad's burger at Tailgaters in Brandon, which is still going, still on the menu. They had a fundraiser when he was going through all of his chemo treatments up at the Mayo Clinic and such. Uh, like peanut butter, uh, spicy jam, cottage bacon. That was on the and, Chad burger? egg uh, and an egg. An egg, peanut butter, spicy jam, and cottage bacon. That sounds bacon. awful. <laughs> I actually think it sounds pretty good, although I don't love <laughs> eggs on burgers. Uh, what's that? Matt eats like a toddler, so. Okay, that's Jen Way. I'll remember that the next time I cook for you, which is every night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I don't want to make it seem like a reach, but it did. I did feel a little Chad Garrow presence as those tunes were playing here at the, at the Gateway on a Tuesday afternoon as we sit here and bullshit about sports over beers. You And you know what? That's partly related to the column that you wrote, which was cut right through everything and right into the, uh, to the soul of Chad Garrow. I recommend people read Matt's Argus Leader column on Chad. For those who haven't yet, go ahead. Uh, I, first of all, I was... Um honored to do it 
I don't want to overstate that, but I, but I was, and because um, it was, you know, Brian Henshin had written uh, an obituary essentially on Chad that kind of reflected on his coaching career and his accomplishments. And uh, after I read it, yeah, I mean, it was very well done, but I kind of thought this isn't enough, you know. And uh, that's that's not against Brian. He you know he had written it before Chad had actually passed, so he hadn't been able to ask people in the aftermath, you know what do you remember about Chad or what are some things about, and it just made sense to me to talk to people who were close to him, uh, to, to, to delve into more who he was as a person. Uh, but I actually, I actually, I don't always ask for permission or ask for my boss's takes on, usually I just kind of do whatever I want. And, uh, yeah. in this case I actually did, um, text my boss and say like, do you think this is a good idea? Or, you know, is, is, would that be too much? Like if we already, you know, the fact that Brian wrote this thing, like, like, do we need to go back to the well? And my boss was like, no, I, I think that's a really good idea. And so I immediately reached out to Matt Christensen and Austin Sumner and Will Castle and, you know, got some other names that managed to work their way into the story. Obviously called Kim Nelson to ask him about it. It was funny. I asked him, I can say this now. I was like, I'm calling you to ask about Chad Garrow because I assume you liked him. I said, if, if you didn't like him, I'll just hang up and pretend I never called you. But, and he laughed. He's like, no, no, he's one of my best friends. And, Wow, he was one of Kim's best friends. I mean, I guess yeah. that makes sense. I mean, I had always known they liked and respected each other, but I didn't know that they like went on road trips together, as as he explained. Yeah, and that kind they, of thing, they so. never uh, coached together. I mean, I know Chad was a Washington grad, but I think that was before. When it was the old building, even, yeah. I think that was before Kim. Uh, it was, trust me. Took over as head coach, because Kim took over as head coach in, sometime in the 90s, and Garrow graduated in the 80s. But anyway, by the way, that reminds me, I took some friends from uh, Fergus Falls who were in town for the weekend. We went to the Washington Pavilion and went through the whole section where you can where they preserve the old parts of Washington High School. Uh, uh, a fun little historic journey through the times. Anyway, that's awesome that Kim and Chad were were buddies. And you know, you kind of flew right out of the gates with Chad. Uh, looked like your typical football coach. Sounded like your typical football coach. Won a lot as a football coach, but was really anything but. And there's a lot to that, but part of it was you mentioned his love affair with the music of Prince, and his uh, he eventually went through stages of becoming kind of a connoisseur of boots, craft beer, and burgers. And boy, he he was he wasn't much on Facebook other than he would just post a picture of every burger that he would go eat when the burger battle was going on in January, and um, and but also the the. The Jeep, the rusted out Jeep, or rust colored Jeep, he called Candy. And I got a chuckle out of that. I'm like, man, I'd love to hear the story behind how he named his Jeep Candy. Maybe you have it. But what's the story about uh, as, you, as you eat some delicious Gateway Chislick on uh, the road trip that Kim and Chad had? Say that again? The road trip that Kim Nelson well, it was, and Chad um, Girl had. You know, was, I, it in, was it in Candy? No. Okay. All right. Er, Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I just was asking Kim, you know, because you can speak to this a little bit, too. Um, we, it's not like you and I are, you know, chummy with these coaches or hang out with them outside of football. But we do get to see a little bit more of the personal side of them than, you know, just the fans in the stands or whatever. And all of them, I think, are pretty good guys. And they all have interests outside of football that a lot of people don't get to see. Uh, but it was just fun to see how 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 Chad did that and it was even funner to listen to his close friends talk about how he wasn't always like that 
you know, this was kind of something that he had come to recently. Like, I don't know if it was once he started winning championships, he felt like there was less pressure and he could kind of, you know, let his hair down literally and figuratively. Um, but, he, he, you know, Matt Christensen was telling me he used to be a guy who he didn't give a shit about what you were eating for dinner or whatever. And then all of a sudden he just got into I'm a grill master, pit master guy. And that was his obsession. And like the lead chef at University of Sioux Falls yeah, tailgate parties yeah. before games and the the cowboy boots and the, the truck and all that stuff. He's, I guess he was just kind of had an obsessive, addictive personality a little bit. And once he got into something, he was all in on it. Well, the cowboy boots thing kind of reminds me of you because, like, you're both from Sioux Falls and Washington grads. And, like, what the fuck? You guys know about being cowboys, but, uh, you know, you just have to like country music and the fashion and get into it. And uh, so You have no idea what you're talking about right now. Oh, oh really? <laughs> Do I? Je- Je- thank you, Jen. I bought Matt his best pair of cowboy boots, I just want to say. And I was okay. a Texas resident for nearly a decade, so yes. I have some clout here. You've earned your spurs. Thank you. You're welcome. See what I did there? Anyway. Uh, okay. <laughs> Why don't I know what I'm talking about? You guys are both... Just keep going. You were on oh, a roll. fine. No, I'm done. The roll's <laughs> over. Uh, uh, yeah. I, and I, it's interesting how you... Th- that is something where it, it, has, it hadn't been a part of Chad through, throughout like college and the 90s and even his first 10 years through the 2000s as Brandon Valley's uh, football coach because uh, yeah, I first came here in 2008 to 2011. He was the head coach. My main contact with him was being the Saturday morning coaches show host and talking to him once every week or two for about five or six minutes about his football team, last night's game, and the next opponent, and a couple, and, you know, insight into his players, and that's about it. Every now and then I'd have a game of Brandon Valley's to do, and I would at least have a quick chat with him before a game to get some insight again into his team. And uh, that was fine, but I always thought to myself, frankly, if this guy isn't a boring guy, he sure doesn't like to talk to us. He just doesn't, you know, he, and of course, I learned through my second go-round from 2016 until now, doing the same, in, in the same role, uh, that, and, you know, and maybe for myself, trying a little harder to get to know these guys, not really on a personal level, but just just a little more depth to the conversations about their teams, especially when it's a state championship game. You know, if it's a state championship game, I try to get these guys for a half hour and usually an hour at some point during the week, uh, at night sometime after practice to where, you know, they'll they'll be giving of your time. They all are. And Chad was. And once he was, I was like, okay, this guy's not that boring. He's just not that talkative. He's a man of few words. Yeah, certainly. that's it. He's, and, he's, and he's not not nice. And so while your angle went into uh, a lot of definitely his heart, but also the, the cool and uh, multifaceted guy he was, the piece I did, which is at dakotanewsnow.com, uh, you know, it was a two-minute TV piece with a lot more depth in the writing. Uh, is just how beloved he was. And my sources were not so much his, some of his buddies, like Randy Marso, his athletic director, who, you know, h- hired him to be the head coach. Uh, Bill Frecking, who was, is the current athletic director, but was his uh, offensive coordinator for a lot They're of They're very years. tight, yeah. Yeah. Um, but also uh, one of his football, recent football players, Peyton Carroll, and one of his uh, track runners, his girls and boys track coach, Elena Rice is her name, just, just generally how well liked he was by everybody and uh the man of few words things yeah and you've heard this about other coaches who were uh men of few words when he did say something 
it meant, you know, it resonated. It hit because you're like, okay, he means business and he does care. And that's what Peyton Carroll talked about, you know, in a game where he missed a block and Chad shot him a laser beam death stare. And that's all he needed to do uh, to get his message across. And in coaches' meetings, Bill Frecking was saying how these other coaches, these are good coaches. Brad was, a, uh, Chad was a very empowering head coach. He, uh, he let his assistants do a lot yes. of talking. And he trusted them. And he actually hired, like, Chad, Matt Christensen, who's now the head coach, uh, who was, you know, had been the defensive coordinator forever. And when Chad took over, he hired Matt as the D.C. Chad had been the D.C. Matt was stunned. He's like, I'm not ready to be D.C. And Chad Garrow was like, no, yeah, you are. You got Matt didn't know he had that kind of potential in him. And anyway, they'd have coaches' meetings, and uh, you know, whenever every now and then there'd be uh, a eureka, aha! You know, a coach would be like, "Oh, this is what we should do on any given plan, strategy for a game," and uh, and a couple of the other coaches would be like, "Yeah, that's a great idea." And Chad would be sitting there with his arms crossed, and then he'd just go, go, "Nope." <laughs> he'd go, "Yeah, that's not going to work." <laughs> that's the kind of message deliverer he was. And uh, it, may, it might take a while for you to get to know him to understand that was him. But going back to the, all these other things about him, the music and the fashion and the food, is like that kind of started to surprise me when you started to see the burger battle pictures and then, you know, kind of, uh, and, the, and, the, and the food stuff. I thought this is something that he was, he was hiding or I didn't know about all these years. No, it just started to evolve within the last five or ten years when he was 45 to 55 years old. To me, that's a great kind of... Uh, it's a great teaching of you can you know you can evolve as a human and find new interests mm-hmm. in life. Uh, you don't have to always be set in your ways. I think that's something that made me respect him more and like him more. I never got to know Chad super well. I would not say that Chad and I were close. We had a good relationship. He knew me. I knew him. We never had a, a you know an unkind word towards each other. It was never never had a contentious interview with him. Anything like that. But I'm with you. I mean, I. You know, so many people, especially today, would we're all, I don't mean to get too philosophical about it, but, you know, we're all buried in our phones all the time and kind of get into our routines, whatever. Like, I think it's really cool that a guy who was a football coach, a head football coach, which is supposed to be this demanding job that you, it's all you ever think about 24-7, 365, and he's in his 50s, and he's like, the hell with that, you know, like, I'm going to get into other things in my life, you know, I <laughs> I kind of hope my dad reads that article and, you know, that that can have an impact on him, you know, like, um, I just think that's that's a great thing. Like, I, I like to get to know these people outside of football, you know, like, I like to sit and try to ask Jason Eck or Chris Johnson or Taryn Christian or whoever, like, you know, what else do you do? You know, what else is going on in your life, you know, and... It, it's it's fun when you meet someone who who has good answers to that question you know yeah. and a, a few people have asked me since Chad died and then since my story ran like if I had any great Chad stories and I really don't because again I I, I would not say that I was tight with him uh, but one thing that I considered working into the story I ultimately left it out because I just felt like I didn't need to insert myself into it but I told Matt Christensen this story I told Austin Sumner this story I told Will Castle this story the thing that I'll remember about Chad is that I mean you've you and I have interviewed coaches together before, so you have seen how I do my job. I've seen how you do yours. I like to try and, unless it's a real serious moment, bring a little levity to most of these things. <clears throat> and Chad was such a gruff guy at times, or at least seemed that way. Seemed yeah, that way. That I would often try to kind of 
break his balls a little bit to light, light, lighten the mood. And anytime you do that with a, a, a head football coach, you're taking a little bit of a risk, sure. especially if they don't know you. Now, at least Chad knew me, but like – you know, some coaches, the last person they want to get teased by is a reporter. Yeah. You know, and uh, we're you know, nerds. Yeah. And some guys have a sense of humor and some guys don't. And I remember after one game a few years ago, I don't remember wh- what I said or something, but I get, just gave him shit about something as like my first question. And he kind of gave me this look like, did you just say that? And I was like, well, shit, I guess I'm, I might as well double down now. So then I said, like, a second comment. And then he, I thought I had pissed him off. I was like, oh, shit. And then I looked and realized he kind of has one of those quiet laughs sometimes, like a silent laugh. And I realized he was, like, laughing really hard. Like, his body was kind of shaking, and he was looking away from me. But he was, like, really having a laugh over the fact yeah. that I had teased him about whatever. And I was like, oh, good this guy has a little bit of a sense of humor he can laugh at himself and then we kind of went on had the interview and then almost every time I talked to him after that that was kind of always how I'd how I'd treat him how I'd approach him is just like he's the guy that I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a hard time every time I talk to him and I think the last time I interviewed him it would have been two seasons ago uh when they won it when they had Tate Johnson as the you know star player and I covered a game where I think it was Harrisburg and that was Harrisburg was good. Jacob Knuth's junior year, they beat him like fifty-six to twenty-eight or something. Mm. And Brandon literally scored every time they had the ball. They had like eight possessions, eight touchdowns. Yep. And I come up to him after the game and I go, Eight eight possessions, eight touchdowns. I go, What are you gonna complain about now, you cranky asshole? Or you know, something like that. Yeah. And and he laughed so hard. It wasn't even that funny. You know, you call and, him an asshole? He, he, I, I I probably I don't know. Probably not. Crank something, something like that. So, but I, I mean I would I would Chad was one of the few high school coaches who would drop a curse word into an interview with me once he recognized that like I wasn't going to burn him with it, you know, yeah. and that, that was kind of became how we talked to each other. And, yeah. And uh, and then I remember I came like for whatever reason I covered almost all their home games that year, and I came back a couple weeks later, and we he had joked about oh I'm sure I'll find something to complain about, and then the next game I covered they still won but they didn't play as well or something, and I was like well whatever you told him obviously didn't work or something like that, and then he kind you know he laughed again and. I just really came to appreciate yeah. that he didn't take himself so seriously that you could tease him about stuff like that and he wouldn't get mad or whatever. And when I told that same story to, to Austin Sumner, uh, to, to Matt Christensen, there was, you know, definitely they did that thing where they immediately recognized what you were talking about. Yes. Like, yes, that is Chad. And, and uh, it might have been Austin or, or Will, I don't not remember who, or no, it was Matt Christensen who said, Chad almost didn't know how to have a conversation if you weren't that kind of person. Wow. He was like, he was much more comfortable in a setting where everyone was kind of teasing each other and, you know, yeah. throwing insults and cursing and everything. He's like, if he's like, if you couldn't do that, Chad probably didn't want to spend a lot of time talking to you. Well, yeah, which uh, starts to make a lot of sense. And uh, I wish I would have told my 32 year old self that this is just you, Chad. Don't worry about it or he's not boring. Loosen up. I mean, the, the good news and the bad news for you and I is a lot of the stuff that he would supply on record for quotes for you for radio for me it wasn't that good of material just because it, he for, for everything you just said but uh, the, those moments in person especially if it's face to face then it was fun you know then it was great and you're you know like okay this guy's awesome but how can the how can the public know this or how can we convey that you really can't you had to know him and that's uh, and but the nice the you know I guess the 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 sunny side of stuff like this is uh, when a guy like him who dies far too soon uh, dies 
that uh, we, 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 you and I and some others are able to bring out right. um, all these things so we get to know them better. And, uh, man, and Mike Zur, in your story, one of his assistant coaches the last few years, uh, whew, I mean, that was one, of the, one, it was one of the best quotes in your story about being around Chad because he was already a guy of few words, and mm-hmm. then uh, brain cancer makes it so he can barely talk. And I'll, I'll let you tell me what Mike said about hanging out with Chad, you know, you. post-brain tumor when he couldn't talk. Yeah, um, <clears throat> Mike had, had told me part of a story that he asked me not to include in the story, so I won't give the full details here because he apparently wanted to keep it private. But basically someone close to, to him and to Chad had asked the question, like, is it weird that you know you guys are spending all this time around each other and, and he can't say everything he wants to say? It's not, like he, was completely, it's not like he was completely mute. Yeah. Like he, he, but it was just a struggle was how it was described to me. Like, And you could always see the frustration on Chad's face if he was having difficulty getting his point across, which they said didn't happen very often. You know, He had the ability to, he was, as you alluded to earlier, a very good nonverbal communicator. Yep. Um, but there was frustration at times. Anyway, someone had asked Mike, like, how hard is this? How awkward is it? He said it wasn't awkward at all. And he said that's what kind of slowly sunk into all of us. is like, wow, you know, this is how tight we are as a coaching staff. This is how much we all care about each other that we'll sit in a room together for two hours and Chad won't say anything or, you know, we won't. And I believe the direct quote was, "You, you, your friends are people you can sit in silence with. Best friend, your best friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Yeah, that's or a great, real friends, whatever. That's a great quote, and I think everyone probably can relate to that. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Um, the and to to your story about kind of both of those things. Randy Marceau was a good friend of his, again, athletic director for years at Brandon Valley. Uh, in that last year, he he recalled a time where he was hanging out with Chad and Melissa, Randy and his wife, in somebody's basement watching soccer on TV, and. Uh, and trying to have a conversation with Chad, and he would be visibly upset and frustrated that he just could not, mm-hmm. he could not uh, communicate the words that he was thinking. His, it was all right there. Everything was in his brain, yeah. and uh, he couldn't get it out. You had to wait two or three minutes sometimes for that to happen, and uh, the nonverbal communication on Tuesday, last Tuesday when Randy went to uh, Chad in the hospice and uh, knowing it might be the last time, and it was, that he would see him, and uh, Chad kind of lighting up, uh, when he saw Randy in the room, mm-hmm. and there's not many words that need to be said at that point. Um, they they knew what that situation w- probably was, and uh, and the words weren't needed. Uh, and and finally, my you know your thing with him and the uh, starting to get him going after games, cranky asshole stuff. Uh, you know this his last season that he was head coach, 2020. He had a co- he had a quarterback who was who had never played quarterback. And through his first, and they and they and therefore they rarely passed because he was a new quarterback, and but he was a good runner. Joe Colbeck was his name. And through the first three or four games, he was like eight for thirty-two passing. <laughs> and I actually texted him on a game day, uh, and I was like, uh, uh, you know, I had talked to him already, but I just said, is, is this correct? He's eight for thirty-two. <laughs> I just want to make sure this is correct. In twenty twenty, even at the high school level, somebody's eight for thirty-two. That's bad, yeah. 
And uh, as far as I could know, Brandon Valley wasn't a downfield passing team. Like, you know, they're throwing a lot of short passes. How is he? And he's, he just he texted back like, LOL, yes, we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, later on, later on, like, almost every game, he, he would text me and be like, and he would say publicly, like, uh, Joel's a good quarterback and he, he's coming along. Joel he's was learning. six for ten tonight. Yeah, well, yeah and then he would yeah. text me and he's like, hey, check out those Joel Colback stats. Getting better, <laughs> yeah. huh? Uh, uh. And, uh, and actually a story behind that. That was Matt Christensen, and talking to him yesterday, just said, uh, yeah, that was Chad who identified it. The rest of the coaching staff was like, what, Colbeck? You want Colbeck to play quarterback? We've got other quarterbacks who've played quarterback. And mm-hmm. Chad's like, nope. And all they did was win, you know, the state title with Joe Colbeck as right. quarterback, and he made a bunch of good plays to do it. So uh, that's uh, – so I recommend Zimmer's piece in the Argus Leader. And it's interesting you went to your bosses and asked if you could do a follow-up because I did the same thing with my radio boss and said, hey, this Saturday morning coaches show, I'm thinking about um, just doing an all-Chad Garrow show on Saturday. Now, maybe at that point people will be um, Chad Garrowed out, but I don't know. Uh, we I did a few six, seven, eight-minute interviews with some people at the school who knew him really well. And uh, maybe people would would like to hear that on the radio because so. and uh, and my boss said you know I kind of I sold it but I was like, like I understand if you think this is too much and he said no good idea so we're gonna do it Saturday morning from nine to ten a.m. Uh, some of those interviews plus a couple others uh, and uh, it'll be kind of a Chad Garrow show on the radio on Fox Sports ninety eight one AM twelve thirty and kwsn.com. All right, so speaking of um, uh, fun coaches interview moments your uh, press conference story fresh from today with south dakota state uh, and uh, <clears throat> the topic that was our main jackrabbit topic last week of how many games now has noah friedel not played seven seven in a row oh. go ahead you had eric oh. henderson at his what was a weekly press conference he has a weekly press conference and um you know the first night noah didn't play no one knew what was going on so I asked him after the game, and Hendo was uh, evasive, I think you could say. And at the time, it was kind of like, okay, maybe he got, um, you know, something happened and Hendo doesn't want to tell us about it, fine. Uh, and obviously this is, you know, we're almost a month later, two months, however, it's been a long time. And it's seven games in a row he hasn't played. And I don't ask him about it every time I see him because – Basically, I don't want to make him lose his mind. You can only ask the same question so many times. But I'm also not just going to drop the topic entirely. People are still, what, what the hell's going on? He's still on the sidelines. He's still dressed. He is averaging 18 points per game. He's one of the best players in the Summit League. He hasn't played seven games in a row now. I kind of thought at some point he'd be, he'd be back at some point. Would have maybe been back by now. Um, it's now been seven games. So it's kind of starting to look to me, especially with the team playing as well as they are, like, are they even going to bring him back? Why would they, maybe? I mean, they're, they're clearly playing well without him. I mean, I don't know why Noah hasn't quit. I don't know why he hasn't been kicked off the team. I don't know why. He, I, no one really knows what's going on. And, a lot and, of rumors out there, I've heard. Yeah, there's a lot of speculation. And and that's I don't want to say that's Hendo's fault. That would be unfair to say that. But when you don't tell people what's going on, they can do nothing but speculate. And they're going to speculate. Um, so that that's sort of part of it, too. Anyway, I hadn't asked him about it in a couple weeks, so I knew today I was going to ask him because it had been a while. And so here's what I asked him, and here's what he said. Will we see Noah Friedel in a game again this season? You know, Sam, here's the, here's the deal. You know, there's a lot of times it's bigger than basketball. And, and um, we love Noah. 
thought Noah's, you know, at practice every single day, competing, doing his part to make our team better. And um, that's where our focus is right now and, and focus on, on our team, putting, you know, what, what is best for our team and then what is best for Noah. And that's what we're doing. And so that's that's where we're at with Noah. I take that to mean he's done. I don't think we're going to see him again. That was a yes or no question. Have we seen, will we see Noah Friedel again in a game? That's a yes or no question. Now, he doesn't have to answer yes or no, um, but he obviously didn't give us much, you know, it, it, the, I, I kind of expect him to at least say, you know, maybe that's up to Noah, you know, he has to show us what we want to, you know, the growth, we're looking, whatever those things he's been saying, um, you know, or, you know, we could still see him, you know, the fact that he didn't say yes or maybe or anything, that he didn't say anything, uh, I assume that means Noah Friedel's done, that he will not play again. As a connoisseur of news, I have to say that was a very well-asked question. Oftentimes, we were talking about this on the way here in press conferences, you see reporters ask questions that they almost invite an, e- an evasion or a dodge. And it was a very succinct, like, yes or no question. And the fact that he still <laughs> went for the, <laughs> the, the, the many-word answer that uh-huh. said absolutely nothing is, seems telling. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just it, it, it started with this is bigger than basketball, and I'm like, okay, I don't ever want to poo-poo those kind of things. I know this whole thing has probably been emotional for everybody, and I think Hendo, whatever's going on, sincerely cares about Noah Friedel, mm-hmm. uh, and I really like Hendo as a guy. He's obviously a great coach, seems to be a great dude, and he's a great coach because he's a great dude. But man, I mean. Just I yeah, now the, the, I mean, what's the next question? Like, and maybe you don't ask this up front with everybody hearing it, but like, Hendo, what? Come on. I mean, I thought about why? about actually on replying just like, dude, I asked you a yes or no question. Give me yeah. a yes or no answer. But I don't want to be a dick. Yeah. Um. You know, he's like I said. I think that answer kind of speaks for itself. That to me tells me that he's that he's not going to play again. No. We'll see. I mean, again, we're sitting here speculating because that's all we can do. We're not being given any information. And Why is he still sitting on the bench? Yeah, and, and, you know, I think we talked about this on last week's show. I can't quite remember because I get asked about it so much I lose track of who I'm talking to. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it's weird because there's so many people who have the attitude that either play him or kick him off the team. You know, shit or get off the pot. I, and I think there's a lot of people that are looking at it that way. That's kind of my take. I, I think you're either going to – give him another chance and play him or cut him loose. Um, I don't know if the reason they're not doing that is because they're trying to protect his reputation to some degree so he can transfer to another school. I don't know. Um, or if it has, if it has something to do with, I mean, obviously, you know, there, there is a sensitivity to this. I mean, Noah missed half of last season because he took a leave of absence to deal with his own depression and anxiety issues. And I don't, I don't think anyone wants to, you know, gloss over that i mean those are important things and as we know about that particular um thing that it it never ends you know i mean yeah yeah it's not like you're like oh he's better now ongoing yeah 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 Yeah. and i think everyone's trying to be sensitive to that um and that's that's made it weird for for probably for eric and noah and it's made it weird for the school you know you can i can see jason hove kind of tensing up whenever i ask a question about noah friedel because they've obviously been instructed as a athletic program to not talk about it tyler merriam does not talk about it on the radio you know so and that's fine they're they're batting down the hatches because that's what they do uh but i still have a job to do you know to ask these questions and and also there's you know as i alluded to last week the the fan base seems to be kind of split 
you know, there's half of the people are very much, you know, you know, violently almost defending Noah. Like, how dare you inter- you know, interfere with his? This is none of your business. Like, well, I mean, he's a public figure. This is a Division One basketball team. Like, to 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 act like we're all going to put our heads in the sand and not ask any questions—that's silly. Uh, but at the same time, the people on the other side of it who are demanding answers, like, oh, I'm a season ticket holder. I need to know. No, you don't. I mean, you have I mean, we all I think have. Are entitled to a certain amount of information, and and we all want to know. I'll have another one of these. Um, you know, we all want to know is if he's coming back. I'll, yes, I will have another Odell IPA. It's delicious. Thank you. We all want to know if he's coming back, and if he's not, what's going on, and and you know how much we're entitled to know. I think is up for debate. You know, if if Noah did something, which is pretty obvious that he did, you know, some people would say that, that we have a right to know that. What did he do? You know, what did he? What rule did he break, or what thing did he do that made the team decide? This is what needed to happen. I don't know. And I don't think we're ever going to get an answer. Mm. At least until, you know, yeah. maybe maybe if and when Noah leaves South Dakota State uh, or leaves the team, just, maybe he'll want to talk about it. I don't know. It's so weird that he's still on the team and still yeah. showing up at the games and in uniform, and correct? And in my, in my opinion— Does and he I'm, go through warm-ups? Yes, yes. Mm. And in my opinion, this is only my opinion because I've heard other people say otherwise, it looks to me like he's engaged in being a good teammate during the games. Uh, I've, I've speci- literally had people tell me the exact opposite. That, oh, he was he was pouting on the sidelines and being a dick during the game. I'm like, I don't know. I was looking. Didn't look like it to me. Yeah, you sit right like, behind the bench. Like, what's he supposed to do? Like, I mean, stand up and, you know, wave the pom-poms the whole game? I mean, it'd be one thing if he was visibly sulking and, you know, slouched down in his chair and not watching the game. He's not doing that. Yeah. You know, he's clapping for his teammates. You know, he stands up and... You know, gives high fives after a timeout, and they come off the court. I mean, what more do you want from the kid? Right. Given that he's a all-conference caliber player, and you're not playing him at all. I mean, it's it's it, you know, it's one thing. Okay, you're not starting, you're not playing, or whatever. But they've had a couple games, including their most recent one. They they pasted Western Illinois. The end of the bench got in at the end of the game. Noah did not. Yeah. Like, if you're not even going to put him in in garbage time and you got a 30-point lead with two minutes yeah. left, and, what and, are you doing? And, again, the whole fascinating thing about it is, is they just keep on winning. And last week's discussion, I encourage people to go back and listen. You know, One theory is the Summit League just isn't that strong. These teams they are playing aren't very good. And the Jackrabbits are that good or that much better than everybody else that they can win without this kid because they have some other great players like Doug Wilson and Baylor Shireman, who you did a feature on in the Argus as well. Uh, I, I, I could offer one... Hollywood type of theory that could be true since this is still such a, a mystery to some is it's like the reverse Jimmy Chitwood from from Hoosiers instead <laughs> but instead of the uh, instead of the player it's the coach that's holding out and making everybody wonder if they're ever going to play again and uh, I guess Jimmy Chitwood needed to to trust Norman Dale to see like is Norman Dale worth playing for and uh, then of course dramatic scene coach Stacy saved the job at the town uh-huh, hall meeting uh-huh. uh, and then it was lights out is there a th- did Noah you know we, we we don't know or maybe we can't say what Noah did or why he's still not returned but maybe Eric is wanting to see something from Noah to be uh, absolutely sure, okay, you've you've earned it, you're back, and... Uh, That's why his answer to my question and, and, this morning and, surprised me. And perhaps did not it, leave that window open. And, and perhaps it's working, obviously, because they're 7-0, and and anyway... But that, that's thats what I, I mean, he had said, and I'm not trying to, like, be that guy that, well, you said this, and you said this. I mean, I, I'm not trying to, like, hold Eric's words against him, um, but a couple times when we have asked him about this, you know, he has said, we need to see growth... You know, yeah. and 
which obviously is a very vague wording, but that to me sort of suggested that we're still monitoring this, yeah. and if we see what we want to see, you know, things will change. I didn't ask him today, is Noah playing on Thursday? I didn't ask him, when is Noah coming back? I didn't ask him, is he ever going to start again? I didn't ask him, are you saving him for the Summit League tournament? I said, is he, will we ever see him again? And the, the answer was, obviously, he didn't say no, but he, but he was so noncommittal that it's just really hard for me to interpret that any other way than we've, you know, we've moved on from him. Hmm. It begs the question, why is he still there? Big. Jen says it begs a question why he's still there. Uh, yep. Uh, well, we're all wondering that, right? Uh, someday we'll get an answer. Someday. It can't just be buried forever. We'll f- it certainly makes things dramatic. And maybe there's some Jackrabbit fans who want to hear us uh, and others talk about something else. But really, I mean, it's just hard to ignore. Like I said, it's, and frankly, it's, it's very a- polarizing. Yeah. People are either like, that's all they want to talk about, or they're like, don't you dare talk about it. Yeah, it's very I mean, weird. It's just kind of an, it's the elephant in the room. We're not going to, we can't avoid that. And, you know, we'll, there's more, there will be basketball to talk when things get really serious, especially. Who's the, who are they playing tonight? You mean Thursday? Thursday. Uh, North Dakota U on Thursday, North Dakota State on Saturday. Okay, so NDSU is always pretty decent, so that's a potential first game they'll lose, right? They're underachieving, but that's always a big game. Is that yeah. in Brookings or Fargo? They're both in Brookings this week, okay. Thursday and Saturday. So, I mean, so that's an actual game that might be a game for people to enjoy. And uh, I love watching the Jackson Bison play basketball. Why Almost is that? Because it's always a great game. It is. Dave Richmond's a great coach. He's mm-hmm. one of my favorite people in the Summit League. I li- I just like the way they play. They never – like, they're, they're the exact opposite of the Jacks, kind of, and exact kind of, that made sense, but um, – <laughs> And I don't mean that as an insult to the Jacks. I love watching the Jacks play too. But SDSU almost always has these, you know, superstar elite offensive players. Where the Bison, it seems like, not that they don't have good players too, but they're always just a collection of grinders that just bust their ass, yep. you know, and find and, and find a way. And uh, they've been to the NCAA tournament at least as many, if not more, times than the Jacks have. Uh, it's just, and it's a, it's an underrated rivalry. We talk so much about the football rivalry, which is great too. The basketball rivalry is really good. Yeah, it's. I'm, I'm really looking forward to Saturday's game. Yeah, Saturday at Frost should be a great crowd. Should be fun. All right, it's two uh, sixteen. How much more time do you got? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. All right. So. Uh, first of all, uh, you and I, especially you, are kind of as cynical as it gets sometimes in the realm of you see a great sporting event uh, and you hear others, shows, reporters, mm-hmm. pundits say, that was that's up there or that's the greatest I've ever seen. It, it feels like it was indisputable. That was the greatest weekend of playoff football or football collection of games that people have seen. Um, but I'm, yeah, but I'm interested, especially with the, the, the nightcap, the closer on the bills and the chiefs, because I know you were tweeting about it. Then your tweets were very not cynical uh, in, in the moment about how awesome well, that was to watch. I didn't think the whole weekend was amazing. It was good. Um, because some of the other games were just close. They weren't necessarily awesome Bingo, games. yes. Um, and now, Saturday a, games were, you know, kind of boring. Game, a close game is still better than, you know, just an unwatchable game. But I didn't think any of them until uh, Chiefs-Bills was like a, an instant classic type of, you know, whatever. That game was unreal. And, and especially just the second half. I mean, you kind of knew going in that you had, you know, Mahomes against Josh Allen was going to be a show. And then just the way it ended where it's like, how many times in the last five minutes did we say, they left too much time on the clock? They left too much time on the clock. And even 13 seconds ended up being too much time left on the clock. It was – that's as good as it gets. I mean, I you know, 
I made the comment on Twitter. I said, like, I feel sorry for anyone who wasn't watching this. Yeah. And I don't say things like that very often because I don't watch all the football games. There's a lot of times I'm like, I've had enough fucking football. I'm yeah. going to watch a movie or whatever. Sure. I'm not that guy who watches every single football game. But this was one that I don't care if you like football. You weren't watching something better. Whatever you were doing that night was not better than that football game. Yeah. Well, interesting you say that. As kind of a radio junkie, I was I, I, I was listening to a local radio morning show. I keep these shows in business. Uh, but, and, uh, it, you know, one of these stations that play music, and it's more geared toward the female audience, uh, older songs. Anyway, uh, it was a, a lady called in, and I hate to, and was sitting right next to Jen, blanket half of the human population, but, you know, the, the morning show host was like, this is not a sports station, the morning show host, hey, you know, hey, Jen, or... You know, whatever. Lisa, you see that game last night? <laughs> and he kind of said it in a way that's kind of like, of course everybody saw it, but <laughs> who knows? I mean, I don't know if this is not exactly my sports f- fanatics are not my wheelhouse. Uh-huh. And the lady's like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, my God. It was, uh-huh. oh, my God, it was uh-huh. awesome. He's like, are you a Chiefs fan? Oh, no, I was just, <laughs> you know, watching football and uh-huh. enjoying it. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Uh, I did like uh, <laughs> I did like uh, Stu Whitney's meme where, because everybody else was just saying, this is so awesome. Is this the best ever? Blah, blah, blah. It was some of the best, like, I mean, it's, it might be the last two best two minutes ever, obviously, because 25 points were scored. That's never been done. Uh, Stu did have a meme that said there's a guy with a hand on two kind of red buttons and one of them and one of them said you, oh you didn't like this one that was of, stupid one of them said greatest game ever and the other said hardly any defense was played shut up Stu okay <laughs> I mean there's that was some, a stupid tweet I mean these are two those are two of the best quarterbacks and two of the exactly. best offenses and the in defenses the NFL. were completely exhausted which is why we should have I, a different timeout format but e- that's a whole other exhaustion's show, a good point I did think you know Leslie Frazier the former Vikings coach uh, kind of it, 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 I've heard the analysis it, it was clear that he was putting some of his defenders on the perimeter to stop guys from going out of bounds. It was almost like he didn't when know what the knew, score was. When they knew the Chiefs had With All three timeouts. timeouts. They don't, you don't need to defend the boundary there. Yeah, I, so there was some poor defense involved. Defensive in coaching, this. certainly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, But, okay, the overtime rule. Uh, go ahead. Your your, your thoughts. I, 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 I kind of came off on Twitter as if I was really, really, really team we need to change it. I'm not. I just think they're going to. Uh, a lot of times in the NFL when – there's it usually takes it's kind of like to use an example that might relate to you it's like gay marriage it's like oh, we re, it's for the like token we, gay reference no i'm i mean this sincerely i mean like we realized long before it became legal that it should be legal yeah. you know like we don't we don't do this thing where we're like this needs to be changed and we change it overnight we have to yeah. Do it kicking and screaming, pushing the ball up the hill, and we have to make it take as long as possible. And then finally, after everyone kind of was like, okay, we all agree this is something that needs to be done. Can we finally freaking do it now? And that's when it finally happens. And I think that's how, yeah. how the NFL works a lot of times with, you know, when, the, when they changed the overtime rule the first time. Yeah. It was after the Vikings lost to the Saints in 09. And I, me being a Vikings fan it doesn't give me any more or less a dog in the fight here. I remember when they changed that kind of going – all right, big deal. Brett Favre still threw the interception. That's why they lost the game, you know. But they changed the rule because it finally, like, reached a pitch where people are like, what are we doing? This is a stupid rule. Let's change it. Well, I think the same thing is happening here. I, I'm not – I didn't walk away from that game going necessarily like, oh, the Bills got screwed because, as we just discussed, you know, their defense in the last 13 seconds of regulation, like, yeah. what are you doing? It's hard to feel sorry for them. Even Having with, said yeah. that, the way the game played out and just the way we – the way that the, 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 the NFL currently favors offenses, I think that's the biggest thing. Things are so much set up in in the offense's advantage 
that to not give both teams a chance in overtime, at least in the playoffs, regular season, whatever, fine. But in the playoffs, that's just stupid. And I think they're finally going to change it. Yeah, and the reality is they probably won't change it in the regular season because even though this is wildly hypocritical, because the NFL just added another game, so you can get more money for you know more money out of the TV stations, more money out of the fans to sell the tickets and everything. Uh, they're also going to say that we don't want these players getting hurt, and we don't want them going, especially when they're exhausted, going then any more than they the have to. Then don't change in the regular season, fine. Yeah, yeah I, I just, I'm, that's my prediction is they won't change it in the regular season, but they might for everything you said in the postseason. Uh, there, and there is part of me, uh, you know, thank you for the, the, the Bills defensive reference, like 13 seconds, come on. I mean, just, yeah, just stop it. That's not enough time to but, score. But uh, at, And then in overtime, I when the rule first came out, I was kind of like, I kind of like this. Uh, Having not seen the the Patriots Chiefs in 2018, same thing happened. Brady got the ball first, and they scored. And Mahomes didn't get the answer. Uh, for me, as a Chiefs fan, kind of karmic, poetic justice. Great. Okay, we get. I, I don't feel bad that the Bills didn't get it, but the uh, I thought kind of okay. This is still better than college overtime because it it incorporates special teams. There's going to be a kickoff. I know a lot of them are touchbacks, but. Uh, and there's there could be some punts. I, I hate the put it on the ten yard line and it's a layup drill. It's like these are like penalty kicks in hockey. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I don't want the over college. This is real football. And the, you and and, and it, I liked it initially. And I still there's still part of me that still thinks keep it this way because uh, even with these incredibly prolific offenses, which usually is what wins in the NFL and is what you're getting right now, um, you know. If you if you actually defend a team and 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 make them punt or make them kick a long field goal and they miss it, guess what? You get a short field. That's real football. You're mm-hmm. benefiting. Your offense benefits from your defense. Your offense should not be bequeathed the ball uh, to I answer. Like, I kind of like the idea of just playing a ten minute fifth period. Yeah. You know, and then whoever's ahead at the end wins. Yeah. Why does it always have to be this first team to do this? Like yeah. high school, college, pro, any of it. Why do, why do you have to do it that way? Yeah. Some people want it over with sooner, I guess. So, and again, I'm not saying that I, I absolutely love the rule as it is, but th- there's a little bit something to that. Like it, it's a two-way street. If you actually play a little defense and only give it, even if, even if you only give up a field goal, you still have a chance. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you absolutely think the offense should always have a chance to a- answer a touchdown? I just think both teams should get in in the p- playoffs, especially. Like yeah. I said, I like ties in the regular season. I think they're fun. Yes. Like I, I just think they're unique and weird, and I root for them. Anytime a game in the regular season goes to overtime, I'm rooting okay. for a tie, just because yeah. I think that's weird and fun. But in the reg in the postseason, I you know, like the more the more I talk about it out loud and think about it, in overtime in the postseason, it should just be an extra period. Yeah. There should be no sudden death. There should be no who gets the ball first or you're going to pick where you put the ball or decide if you want to play defense first or just play another period. And what if they're tied after that? The, what do we do in basketball? We just keep playing. <laughs> Why is it the end of the world? I get it. It's a physical <laughs> yeah. sport, but yeah. ho- so is hockey. Yeah. I sat up when I was a freshman in high or college. Me and my roommate sat up till 4 in the morning watching the Flyers and Penguins play a game that went to seven overtimes. And, and guess what? They had to play again the next night. And football's less likely for that to happen, but, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, I know but, what you mean. But I'm I just saying, yeah. hockey is also a, a physically demanding sport, yeah. and they don't play once a week. They play like three times a week. Well, even basketball. Basketball will never go to free throw contests yeah. or anything like that. They're just going to yeah. play another four minutes, yeah. five minutes, whatever. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay, something that I teased that I'll just say quickly because we're out of time and no one remembers I teased it is what ha- take a look at the 
the Bengals, the Bills, who darn near are in the championship game, and the Chiefs, who are. Those are three teams in recent years. If you're a Minnesota Vikings fan, you look at it and go, what did they all do? Uh, they all had a first-round draft choice within the first 15 picks. The Bengals had number one, and that's different because they don't have to wait right. and, and strategize. But they took... They took, you know, it, it, it's always a gamble. Spit it out, John. Take a rookie quarterback. <laughs> you save money. He might be great. He might be Christian Ponder, and that would suck. Christian Ponder led the Vikings to uh, a playoffs once. but No, they, Adrian Peterson led the Vikings to the playoffs. Sure. He was along for you the know, ride. Okay, yes, that was poorly phrased. The Vikings <laughs> went to a playoff game with Christian P- yes. Ponder as a quarterback. You want to be you want to be a, a Super Bowl contender, though, uh, and you want to figure it out. You want to figure it out the right way. Uh either this year or next year after you have a bridge for this year because there aren't very many good quarterbacks in this draft. Draft a quarterback, you'll have money for everybody else, and they could be Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, or Joe Burrow. You know, take 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 take, take the flyer on that. And they might suck initially like uh, Josh Allen did. You saw the game where somehow they beat the, mm-hmm. the Vikings. Uh, or Joe Burrow might just get hurt, and they're just a sucky team for a year. But it might just be worth it in the long run, and uh, you do not have to keep well, settling for Kirk Cousins. Hopefully, that's why I'm in favor of them blowing it up, yeah. going three and fourteen, four and thirteen, whatever, getting a high draft pick and doing just that. All right, thank you, appreciate it. Yeah, so there goes Matt Zimmer and his fiance Jen. Yes, yeah, so if you haven't been listening to the podcast or following him at Argus Matt Z on Twitter. He and Jen are getting married, and if you haven't been following me or listening to this podcast, uh, at John Gaskins981 on Twitter, uh, I am married, and yes, it is to a man. Uh, So this is uh, the Gateway Lounge, man. It's a great place. I'll tell you about some reasons to come on Sunday in a moment, but first... We did not. We we had just learned that Sean Payton was not returning to the Saints right before the recording of the podcast, and uh, also, of course, did not address Aaron Rodgers and where he might play next year after that dud of a game. Jen was really, really itching to uh, pile on Aaron Rodgers, and uh, we just didn't get to it on this podcast. I think Chad Garrow and uh, the Noah Friedel situation. More important and interesting things locally, uh, but yeah, man. Uh, the Sean Payton thing will be crazy interesting. There's rumors that uh, he might go join Buck and Aikman, if not on the Fox broadcast crew, then maybe on Amazon. If Amazon picks picks up more NFL games and can offer those dudes enough money, that's just a wild rumor, by the way. Just saying. Uh, or Sean Payton might go coach somewhere else. Might that be the Minnesota Vikings? Might that be the Dallas Cowboys? He spent so many years there, and uh, we know the Cowboys are going to maybe lose Dan Quinn, maybe lose uh, Kellen Moore. And uh, maybe Jerry Jones would rather have uh, a very accomplished former Cowboy who's won a Super Bowl as his next head coach and uh, enticed Sean Payton to go over there because really, what good is Mike McCarthy doing? He, it's, it's, it's a restaurant. restaurant. It's a, I've had uh, an IPA and a half now. Uh, it is a lineup, a roster uh, picked by Jerry Jones and his kids. And it is a team whose offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, young genius, although not on display in that loss to the Niners. And the Dan Quinn, who to me makes a better defensive coordinator than a head coach and should just stay right foot in Dallas with the talented crew he has. But anyway, yeah, what good is Mike McCarthy doing? Clock management? Not really. Uh, leader of men? Inspiration? No. Uh, I would hire Sean Payton if I were Jerry Jones. And, um, and, I guess you'd, you'd probably kind of have to kick uh, Kellen Moore aside as well, figuring he's going to land on his feet just fine. 
or maybe Kellen Moore would love to, before he becomes a head coach, learn more from Sean Payton about being both an OC and a head coach. So I think that's, that is, and I'm, I'm playing the easy card of Sean Payton d- to Dallas, uh, which is an, could be an absolute stretch. And by the time you hear this podcast, that might not be the case. Would you like to see him as a Vikings fan? Oh, man, that cuts deep. I wish I would have asked Zim about that. Maybe next week when our new podcast drops, the Vikings will have found a head coach. Uh, now that some other guys have freed up after the last couple weekends of NFL playoffs, who knows? Um but Peyton, I mean, objectively, as a casual Vikings observer kind of fan, I would say, why wouldn't you want Sean Payton? Except for that little whole bounty thing <laughs> where the evil fucker uh, allowed, uh, what's his face, Greg Williams to have basically a bounty attack on Brett Favre. You know, other than that. Uh, you know, the cheaters is what my former coach, Craig Maddox, you say the Saints, and he just says, oh, you mean the cheaters? So I, that runs deep, uh, cuts deep with Vikings fans like Zim. And wait, hold the phone, or whatever you're listening to this on. Okay, uh, now we're watching the Sean Payton press conference in the Gateway Lounge on the TVs here. It says that he's announcing he's stepping away from coaching. So if I read into that language correctly, he's not going to coach, at least not next year. So uh, not, I, I don't think he was a candidate for the Vikings anyway. I, I do think he'd be good. They need an offensive mastermind to uh, completely set things in motion and get away from this ground-and-pound bullshit uh, and uh, take a look at the Bengals and take a look at the uh, Chiefs and Bills and what mostly works in the NFL. I know the Niners are more ground-and-pound and, pound and Kyle Shanahan does it successfully with all kinds of uh, gadgets and gadgets in the running game. But you got Justin Jefferson. Get an offensive mind who has shown and proven to be innovative. I, I think Peyton would be terrific. But apparently he's stepping away from coaching right now. So if that's true, forget about that concept in Minnesota. And I know most of you Vikings fans don't want it. Meanwhile, also during this uh, conversation with Zimmer and I, uh, we were not actively on our phones, if at all. We were having a real conversation face-to-face with microphones at a bar, drinking beers and eating great food and uh Apparently, during this time, the Vikings uh, have hired a new general manager, Kwesi Adolfo Mensah. Kwesi Adolfo Mensah. He's the favorite to become the new GM, according to Courtney Cronin and uh, Adam Schefter, two very reliable sources. So he is the Cleveland Browns vice president of football operations. And he's expected to have his second interview with the Vikings on Tuesday. So he's the favorite now. They have not hired a new GM, but he is the favorite. Okay, interesting. And we, we know the Browns have been reconstructed rather well the last few years. And basically the, the, the missing piece they have is a true quarterback, uh, you know. Uh, and uh, so not a bad organization that's been building an up, up and coming to get a GM. But I know nothing about this guy, so I won't, uh, I won't opine about him. At the moment, we'll learn more as the week goes on. That's the weird thing about these podcasts. We're not live, so some of this seems outdated depending on when you're listening to it. Uh, Sean Payton and Aaron Rodgers, two of the most uh, reviled people in Vikings territory. And a lot of people are wondering what the future holds in store for those two one-time Super Bowl winners. I used to be on the Rodgers to Vikings train, and uh, his contract with the Packers is is through 2022 who knows 
Uh, I think Vikings fans would jump at the chance to have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and to sling arrows to uh, throw darts to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and uh, other up-and-coming offensive players. But, uh, I mean, what is Aaron going to get you in the playoffs? The, all the Vikings fan, all the Vikings are missing is a Super Bowl. Um, can Aaron Rodgers get you there? He can't get the Packers there. He's a, he's a below five hundred quarterback. He's seven and nine in the playoffs since he won the Super Bowl. He's he's lost a few games as a favorite at home at Lambeau Field in the playoffs. I don't know. Uh, by the way, Zim thinks Rodgers is the best to ever do this in the game, but I don't think you can ignore playoff failure either. So. Uh, things we left on the table that I decided to babble about here that we might babble about next week. Uh, Sunday, you should come to the Gateway Lounge if you want to get out of the house. And uh, the incentive, other than to have maybe the best atmosphere you will get on an NFL playoff uh, championship Sunday, uh, for one, uh, it's a Chiefs bar. So if you're a Chiefs fan, you didn't know this, uh, this is the best place to go watch a Chiefs game in Sioux Falls and probably for hours and hours. And... Uh, $20 will get you a pitcher of beer and a pizza, or $20 will get you a pitcher of beer and uh, wings and fries. Pitcher of beer and a pizza for $20. Wings and fries and a pitcher of beer, $20 at the Gateway on NFL Championship Sunday. And also, all day Sunday, two furs. Two furs on some of the most popular uh liquors out there morgan tito's crown and jack say it with me morgan tito's crown and jack all of those drinks are two furs and uh, i believe two furs for Susie. how much are the two furs oh everyone's different crown royal 625 morgan five dollars tito's 575 Jack is $6. There you go. Morgan, Tito's, Crown and Jack, Twofers, all day Sunday and every day, 3 to 7 here. That's why this place gets pretty popular and buzzing every single day from 3 to 7. In fact, it's almost 3 o'clock, and uh, I can already anticipate the crowd coming in. That's Susie, by the way. She's one of the many friendly and wonderful servers here at the Gateway. You're not going to get better service in town. You're going to get awesome food. Uh, they're going to make things great. Whether you're picky or not, I can be picky. Uh, they make me a chicken patty melt. I don't eat roast beef. Long story. But, uh, yeah, they just make me a, ro a patty melt, but instead with chicken, and it's delicious. Um, Matt had the chislick today. Their pizza is excellent. Their wings are meaty and not wimpy like some wings places with the words wings in their name. So come to Gateway Lounge, uh, especially on Sunday for NFL Championship Sunday, because those games will be off the hook. The Niners taking on the Rams and the Chiefs v. the Bengals. And uh, the Burger of the Month, Chicken Bacon Ranch, $12.99 through the end of January. And, you know, if you want to pay homage to Chad Garrow, the Brandon Valley coach, you know, go have a good burger. There are tons in town, but here at the Gateway Lounge, Chicken Bacon Ranch is their burger of the month. Cheers to Chad Garrow. Hope you enjoyed that. And uh, a reminder, can't get enough of this. Uh, I don't know if anyone can. I'm just a really good, kind, wonderful human who happened to be a football coach and a really cool dude who happened to win a couple state titles and, you know, elevate an entire football program and athletic department and town over the course of 20 years. 
Uh, the Chad Garrow special of the Saturday morning coaches show, Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN, 9 to 10 Saturday morning. Uh, if you can't hear it then, or if you're listening to this and it's past that time, kwsn.com slash podcast, the Chad Garrow edition of the Saturday Morning Coaches Show. We'll, we'll take a step away from the hoops season for a Saturday and honor one of, the, one of the best coaches and best dudes we've ever had in the athletic community in the Sioux Empire. Uh, so that'll do it for Matt and Jen. I'm John. So long. Why are you laughing? That was a terrible outro. Fuck you. <laughs> you guys need a round of drinks? Yes. Yeah.